it's not like we can take a break from the Russian Ukraine crisis that is ongoing, but the show must go on, like I like to say. Hello, guys, welcome to another episode of the Don't Have a Nothing podcast. I don't want to say it's a full house, but I think I have a better house than I did last week. Mule is back from his hiatus, like Faust we call it. And we, we still have the profiters. Bullish has been extremely consistent this year. We can only say 2022 has been good to him then. Or maybe his babies are giving him more time off. What he's was consistent as Javi. Say that again. I'm as consistent as Javi Hernandez. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> just love Barcelona fans when they are winning. <laughs> they just find a way to make life very easy. Everything is smooth and everything. Nobody's forced <laughs> at any player. Even Dembele is suddenly loved. Everybody loves Dembele now. We have never, we have never not loved Dembele. I think you oh, need to. Really? You need to understand something. Though. The agitation or the reason why Barcelona fans have been booing Dembele is that you came to Barcelona. We signed you for blockbuster on a one twenty million, maybe one forty million deal. Out of the previous four years you've been in Barcelona, you've barely played up to 20 matches because of injury. And every single time the club has supported you, they help you with training, help you with getting better nutrition. They, today they say, come to train sometimes, you miss training sometimes. But still, the club has always supported you. Now, it's time for you to renew your contract. We barely, you're going to look at the stats. You come, like, have a game like the one you had the, um, this, this past weekend. And then you will go for two months, and then we'll come back have one or two games. So we've always we've been endured that. Now it's time to sign a contract. We think we have deserved the kind of support we've been. We deserve at least fair faith negotiation, not strong us. What I mean by that is that you cannot just come and say we should give you times two of your salary when we have not even re- we can't even say we've recouped twenty percent of the signing we paid on you. And then you are now strong enough not telling us to pay your agent um, agent fee of twenty million, like, like all those extra extra things. I maybe because he thought he would get it. Probably if Batumi was still there, they probably would have given him that deal. But with the new sheriff in town, this man is not balking to anybody's unnecessary demands. If you want I don't even think it, I don't even think it's something that we should start debating. We'll probably get into that later. But I probably feel like all those demands are an excuse of a way of telling us when I would love to leave or can't collect the money somewhere. Exactly. So then hence you get the booze. Anyway, cool, let's just dive right on into it because it seems to be like a never ending topic. There are a lot of people out there that would ask the question of like what exactly is going on? Why is Russia attacking Ukraine. So I feel like to an extent is something of a long story, but I'll try to break it down as simple as possible. Like there's this organization NATO, not Atlantic Treaty Organization. So it, to an extent according to according on paper, it says it's need to form an alliance between North Atlantic countries. But the reality is that basically it's like a it's like a Nazi a Nazi boy boy for Nazism. Basically. Hello? And Hello. It's like Hello, what? I didn't hear that. A boy band for Nazis. Nazi Germany, old former Nazi. Oh, God, basically, like a boy band for them. Hello, can everybody hear me? Yeah, yes. Say, say that again. Basically, it's like a what? I said basically, I NATO is like a boy band for Nazis. Wow. Yeah, like that. And since 92, when the USSR fell, they've been circling Russia with. And they've been struggling Russia by letting countries 
close Russia join NATO. And that means they are, go, they are putting weapons and missiles close to Russia. And to an extent, you can say, okay, yes, they have not fired those missiles yet. But according to what you've seen with Libya and Yugoslavia, it was only a matter of time. So in 2014, um, Ukraine elected, elected the president in 2013 who did not want to meet U.S. demands. Because when IMF offered Ukraine loans, and when IMF offer loans, they give you condition that you must cut social spending, uh, increase education, taxes, blah, 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 blah. Ukraine rejected. Then 2014, US, US sponsored a coup, took out that president. Now, and, they, and then they brought the in, and they brought in a pro US and pro NATO president. So, and that was one of the reasons why since then, um, the people of Donbass and Luask decided that they did not recognize the new president and they held a referendum to declare themselves independent. Since then, there have been civil war between those three factions, which is one of the reasons why, if football fans will notice, Shakhtar Donetsk don't play their games in their home stadium anymore since 2014 because of that conflict. So there was a Minsk agreement in 2015, I mean, a ceasefire, but Ukraine have not heeded that ceasefire. They're still shelling people of Luas and Donbass. And um, last year, they were called that, okay, let's let Ukraine join NATO from the US and the West. Which, and if they joined NATO, that means all countries around Russia, they are, they are circled with NATO weapons and missiles pointed at Russia, which is one of the things Russia is trying to avoid. And the, earlier this year, Putin and Russia recognized Luhansk and Donbass as independent nations, and they, he has been sending aid to them to help them like fight the civil war. And last week, Putin decided to go so far and invade Ukraine. It says a demilitarization and denazification mission. That's basically it. Wow. And for people so, who want more info about it, you can check fairs.org. Oh. First, spell that. Fairs.org. We'll, we'll definitely link it when, when this post comes out on Twitter. Hello? Yes. <laughs> That's heavy. Ah, yeah. <laughs> so there are we definitely link sources to these stories once this once this episode comes out. And we are definitely not linking Western sources because we know they are liars anyway. So. Sorry, sorry guys, it seems like the anchor server is just moving mad. It's going in and out. So you said for people that need more information on that they can check what? FAIRS.org, FAIRS.org, and we will definitely link that. We will definitely link that when this podcast comes as you will see the link. All right. So now, for because now the whole world has painted somebody is the bad guy, like Russia is the bad guy. Like the media stream, everyone has painted, okay, Russia is the devil here. Is there a bad guy in this war? Is there a good guy in this ongoing battle? I think, I think the weird thing is that. There is no good guy because Russia. Let's not miss it. Russia is a terrible country, and Putin. Putin is a right-wing opportunist. Let's not. Let's put that. In we know how he got to power. He has murdered people, killed protesters. Obviously. This Obviously. But I think the, there's also a bad. But there's this thing, like especially Western media. Like I don't know if it's this old Marvel and this is rubbish that has been planted there. Whereby, if if there's a war, there has to be one good guy and one bad guy. It doesn't make sense that way. Was. Ultimately, the only way this war stops is if 
they bring assurances to Russia that, uh, that Ukraine will not join NATO. And basically, that's basically it. And US back off. That is just all that. So you're saying and that there's a simple solution to end all this? Like, yeah. And last, week, and last week, there was there were peace talks between those two. And US they were like, no, 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 we don't want that. Like, I thought, okay, yeah, this is people stoking that aggression. Because now, every country, the US, France, other countries in Europe are sending weapons to Ukraine, trying to help them, like, oh, you... Obviously, compared to Russia, Ukraine is a little country. Like, they're sending war, um, weapons to Ukraine. So you're saying that instead of doing all these things whereby we're sending wars, for, we're sending weapons and money and for them to buy more weapons, instead of doing all this and telling them that maybe they should join NATO and what have you, there's a simple option of telling Russia that, hey, you know what, Ukraine won't join NATO and everybody's fine. Yes, it's basically as simple as that. Ukraine will join it and they will honor the Minsk agreement. That is basically it. But again, if you do that, that means the Western powers won't be as strong as they used to be. Because there's a multipolar world brain. And also, one thing we have not really speaking that war is profitable. The people that are making weapons from these wars, their stock is going very high. They don't want this thing to stop. But well, this is when you think about stuff like this, it sounds very, very crazy. Like because I don't want to imagine that the entire universe, like the entire world itself, like bullish. I don't want to imagine that the entire world itself knows that if we tell Ukraine that if oh don't join NATO, Russia is going to stop this war and all the killings and bloodshed will come to an end. So why are we sending weapons to Ukraine then? So I think that's where your mistake comes in. So your your mistake is that you know you think that the entire world knows that. So exactly. I think that, that, that's that's really a point. Because to be honest, I think the angle I I, I probably didn't mix out. I miss out of because obviously I have not read extensively as much as you know only has. Is that okay? There was actually a president that US sponsored a coup to remove, and that is pro- proper US MO. Like that's obviously. kind of things that US likes to do. So I didn't even that aspect of because. When you now factor in that initial um, activity, they now see like a long line of, um, how would I put it? Like some sort of a direct reaction from what that occurrence to what is happening now. Now, the reason why I say that is important to note is that it gives context to what is going on right now. Because if you know that, these people actually elected someone that U.S. ruled against and brought in some, and which is something they, they do everywhere. Mm-hmm. You now start to understand that, okay, why did they do it in the first place? What that means is that they had this coming. And the truth is, the reason why the whole world will probably never know, because I, let me not use the word, I think they say never say never, but I think in this context, I think it's easy to say never because the reason why they will probably never know that if U.S. should sign an agreement or make it like a declaration that, okay, Ukraine is free to be alone and not join NATO, that the war would end, is because the media, the Western media, will never allow that kind of story fly. It will never fly. You would never hear it on Al Jazeera, on CNN, on Sky, on places where everyone consumes their news from. So if people... So... You can see the angle or the approach the outrage is going on. It's almost as if uh, the U.S. is serving off, serving up Ukraine as a how would I put it? What's the what's the word I want to use now? As like a bait, 
as a as a yeah, like a uh, like. like a hook to try to now do what they really want to do to Russia. Because you need to you need to think about all what that has been going on since the war started. Now, I'm not you know last week we, you talked about this since and me, my own point last week or my own discussion last week was that uh, my point last week was that the problem I have with you know all these things is that at the end of the day, people that always suffer are the young people, you know, middle class people who just mm-hmm. live their life, wake up every day, try to get breakfast, try to work, try to pay their taxes, who just go about living their life. They just wake up one morning and then they start saying bomb, you know, bombing their apartment, bombing their building. That's the point of view that where may I have that? I can't, I, that, that's where me I was coming from last week. It, does, it doesn't just make sense that regardless of whether they are in the Soviet Union or whether they're, there are some people that grew up in those places that were born, their family were born there, that, you know, their own is just, I want to go to work, I want to earn my stipend, feed my family, take care of my children, and then continue to live my life. But now they wake up, caught up in the middle of one discussion and one, um, what's it called? Whatever storyline that is behind it. So that's where my, my point of view last week was coming from. But, my, but with, with this week, the revelation, the way, it has, the way U.S. has gone about it, especially from last week, they've made it, it's obvious for anyone who is looking behind the curtains that, to see that. They probably do not really care what really, really eventually happens to Ukraine. And they are using this opportunity to try to weaken Russia's economy. And if they know that they can weaken Russia's economy, if they can get the pipeline, you know, they've, they already shut down the North 2 pipeline. If they can reduce euros over reliance on Russia for oil and gas, if they can do that in the long run, because the, what embodies Russia is the economic power that they have. So if you can weaken that economic power, you are making their citizens miserable, you can, they can't do anything within their country, their currency went down, the stocks went down. I think that is... America's actual aim or actual purpose for what is going on. That's their own point of view for what is going on. All the um, things going on, the discussions and everything, it's evident that or it's, there's, a, there's a kind of play that shows like America doesn't really care what happens to the people of Ukraine if they are if they are bombed. Because if you look at the other places, there are so many places that are actually being bombed right now that America doesn't care what is happening to them. And not, so, not America, like the world itself entirely. Because now, clearly, the, the Manchester Derby happens on Sunday, and news has already come out that okay, um, both teams will be putting on flags of Ukraine. Um, Zichenko was captain of Man City um, in um, their FA Cup game on Tuesday night. Like FIFA has banned FIFA and UEFA have banned Russian teams and Russian clubs. Like FIFA, like the game itself has taken out Russian teams and Russian clubs from it. Blah, blah, blah. Like, is, is there not some form of hypocrisy attached to this that Libya is on fire, Syria is on fire, Iraq is on fire, Lebanon is burning, and nobody goes as far as saying, okay, let's go an extra mile for this week. Then all of a sudden, Ukraine is the darling that we all need to yeah. die for. I feel like there are three things we should point out here, which basically they link to each other. Like, A, you can tell the power of the media. Like, the way everybody is going to alarm me, oh, Ukraine. And, and since, since when this story has come out, you can you, you can you you can almost think COVID doesn't exist anymore because media is no longer reporting on it. Like it does, it feels that way. Like like COVID doesn't exist, exist anymore. And second, there's the fact that and uh, this uh, something is happening to somebody is happening to white people and USA, 
support it. And you can see, like, the way the, the hypocrisy itself is so stark. Like, Lewandowski is like, oh, yes, um, we can't pretend nothing is happening. We don't want to play against Russia. Uh, yes, but Lewandowski, you play against Israel now. And since they've, been, they've been murdering Palestinians for how many decades now. No, but that is fine. Um, FIFA is kicking Russian teams out of out of video game. Because first of all, um, this is not the action of the of Russian teams. It's the action of the Russian government. So it's not their own business. And the whole um, Ukrainian flags, blah blah blah. Yes, we are going to we are going to do that. Uh, clap for Zinchenko, clap for Makolenko. Celtic fans got banned when they waved Palestinian flags. In 2016, yes, because yes. because because FIFA like let's keep politics out of football. But now politics is, is convenient in football, and you can t- even the racism, the racism is, which is so horrific. Like you are seeing media person, not just people that are media investing. Media person are coming out and say, "Oh yes, these people are not used to war. They are not like Iraq, Afghanistan." <laughs> yeah. like, yes, well, as people, Bulgarian prime ministers, hey, these are civilized people. Like, what the fuck does that mean? These are people that watch Netflix and okay, yes, okay. So yes, yeah, so we that we are black, we are brown, with this word that we be that we feed for, like we feed the description of all. And you can tell, okay, yes, look at the the, the hypocrisy is absurd. Like if you check the guardian right now, like basically like first that first sixteen story is basically read a lot, Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And it's not just that they are going to, they are lying about this, is that a lot of the pictures they are sharing, like last week there was last week there were a few pictures that were shared that oh look at this Ukraine freedom fighter, um, telling fighting against a Russian troop. Meanwhile, it was a picture of Palestinians against Israel, and they doctored it. I got, okay, oh. yes, these people. Well, to get, okay, yes, there's an angle to this. These people are lying to us. To be honest, it, it feels crazy. We just hope like some of the Nigerians that stuck there find their way out of this whole. Basically, drama. that's all we for the Nigerians they find because as as we keep seeing the reporting, it feels it, mo- it almost feels hard to feel sorry for the Ukrainians. Because exactly. they're telling us that they're telling us that if this happens to black people, which is currently happening to black people, they don't care. It's not our it's not their business. And basically they want it to happen to black people because for if it happens to black people it's business as usual. Let's move on. Wow. Um away from Polish, I don't, I, I don't think I'm speaking for myself when I ask that, but when I say this, that I think we need Kunle to explain the entire socialism, capitalism, and all kinds of ism in the world. Because for those that go through his timeline, like, people even ask that. I don't think Kunle likes capitalism or socialism and all these isms in the world. Like, Polish, I'm pretty sure you would also like to find out what I want to find out. Uh, I think so. From from his timeline, I think mm-hmm. there, are some, there are some pretty things you can uh, assume. Maybe you might not factually be able to state that is number one. Number one problem of the world is capitalism. And to be honest, um, some of the you know you, you know when you follow someone, they, they retweet stuff. You know, you see mm-hmm. some things. And if some some things will pick your curiousness, and then you you know you find out you go on your own way and find out something, and looking at one of the the foremost I, I think the foremost capitalist country in the world is the U.S. I think everyone will agree, and the citizens of U.S. they struggle to get healthcare, they struggle to get education, the middle class can't afford to eat. Uh, their Congress is overrun by 
people who were sponsored by pharmaceuticals and uh, gun and uh, weapons uh, manufacturers and um, who, and tech companies who lobbied and paid for them to be in Congress so that they can doctor laws and you know make things. See, the the most direct example of how crazy capitalism is is that Alastair or Stasio Cortez was um, interviewing some um, head of pharmaceuticals and she said. There was a particular drug that was researched for helping mitigate um, HIV AIDS, and that research was paid for by, by funds from federal government, not private research. Federal government paid for that funds, but somehow, some way, a particular pharmaceutical was able to get their hand on that drug, patent it so much so that that drug, the same quantity of that drug that cost eight dollars in uh, what's it called in uh, Australia? Cost two thousand five hundred dollars in the US. The same quantity, wow. the same dosage, the same um, composition. Because in Australia, they kind of like think the, the company that produces in Australia is open. So every company you knows it's just like Panadol. Everyone knows the composition of Panadol. So there's Emzo Panadol, there's uh, Kinecon Panadol Extra. Panadol, there are different. GSK, everybody. Yeah. So the price reduces. But when you have a situation whereby there's only one company that can produce Panadol. They determine what they call the price. So they decided that the drug that people can get for eight dollars in Australia, they can to first get the US in two five. And if you go to Mexico and you cross the border with a particular amount of drugs, like from for your treatment to not to sell for your treatment, mm-hmm. let's say you go to Canada or Mexico, because they are, the drugs when you want to step over the border, the drugs are way cheaper <laughs> in those countries. If you bring those drugs into the US. There are some, there's an amount of drug that you bring, even though it's for yourself alone, that will be a felony charge. Like you you get federal charges for bringing those drugs into the country. Regardless of if it was just, you know, in a plastic for yourself and for treatment. So, yeah, it is clear that capitalism, the only problem I now begin to have, I, I, or maybe not say problem, but the only unclear part or the unclear part is some of the views when it comes to we know what communism or what um, socialism is and um, how his point of view on those aspects. But I think uh, capitalism problems problems him more. But I agree. Anyway, Kule, um, let's just start from the basics. Like, what is capitalism? What is socialism? What is communism? I think, I think the, I think that's the right place. That was, it's simply put. Like, if you want to use a sim- simple definition, you see, capitalism is a system. Basically, it's basically an economic and political system whereby the means of production are in the hands of the few. And when people say the means of production is like the, um, houses, banks, healthcare, the factories, like that, like that, like that, that's in the hands of the private individuals. Why socialism and communism are, have similar similar um, things but socialism is when the means of production are, are collectively owned like everybody that okay like if you say okay people that work in this factory now everybody all of them that, they have a say in how the factories run that's okay. socialism and communism is similar except in communism there's no there's no state like there's no government there's no the state, state has been dissolved so it's basically like there's a classless society there's no middle class, there's no lower class, everybody's equal. And basically, even at some point, money itself gets abolished. So people just get property. 
and materials oh. like that. I think that's so, that's a so, basic. Uh, that means from the definitions, it's obvious that Nigeria is a capitalist society. Um, uh, uh, there's no, society there's no like two ways about it. Like you, the exactly. But from what you said now, it feels like communism is the best. If there's such thing as the best among the three of them, like the best practices for any for the world itself. Yeah, I think first one thing we should clarify that there's no such thing as a perfect system. It doesn't work that okay. way. Uh, but I think communists are surely a better system. Because if you take countries like basically even the way the pandemic has been handled, like Cuba. Like Cuba made okay. their own vaccines. And they could easily patent it and make a lot of money. They gave that for free. Meanwhile, America American universities were publicly funded. And as Bolly said, one of the reasons why COVID has mutated and because America doesn't want to distribute vaccines to other parts of the world because they don't want to lose the patent and make the money. You can see the difference, like even China to an extent. And there's this myth of capitalism, of de- democracy. Like, democracy is just when you vote, which is stupid anyway. And again, I'm going to use Cuban, Cuban as an example. Because in 2017, 90, 90% of Cubans contributed to rewriting the constitution. 90% of the people in the wow. country rewrote the constitution. Now, think of Nigeria. Last week, Senators just passing bills as if they, are, as if they, are, they have no, they are, like, they are not going to be there again for, like, for the next two years. Yes, no, yeah, nay, I've seen, bye-bye. Go back and take the democracy we have given you, move on. And you can tell, okay, yes, the difference is, the difference is stark. Well, anyway, um, now that the, um, I think we have two professors now on this podcast. Polish, you probably so, just stick to so I, I just I just have one quick question because I, mm-hmm. I I think this is the, this where we are now is actually a very interesting like it's a very interesting topic to actually be uh-huh. discussed, especially going about what is going on now. You know, it, so the the question I have now is how do you get um because I used to think I used to think Al Jazeera was one of the um you know unbiased you know reporting mm-hmm. channel and then i saw that they are qatari owned and then i i discovered that yes they have their places where they are unbiased but it looks like they themselves they also still have their um what's it called so how do you get um news or history reporting about stuff like this that is not opinion based that is just repeating facts what i mean by that is it is a fact that Putin invaded Ukraine. Russia. Now, sorry, Ukraine, sorry. Uh, Russia invaded Ukraine. Now, the reasons, the whys, the nose, the eyes, and whatever, there are so many interpretations, so many reasons. Everybody has their, you know, what Putin said, what US did, what Ukraine did not do. But the fact is, the invasion happened. Is there like a, a channel where someone can get something like that? Because, for example, I, I knew that, you know, I knew. Cuba was a bit advanced. I knew that, you know, their medicine, people know that their medicine is, you know, yeah, one of the highest best. number of doctors in the world. I think how effective they were practicing their communism. And when you see news about Cuba, it's always almost as if they are going down the drain. <laughs> exactly. wants to collapse, as if they are going yes, to... Yes, that's how... Um, that's how Western media reports news. Um, when reports came out that China is looking for ways to kill cancer, Western media said, is China growing cancer too fast? <laughs> like they basically are like China calling cancer too fast. Like, I'm sorry. Wait, are they supposed to slow down or wait or do something for you? Like, you can tell. Like, and the reason why most of these media is skewed is that 
in the past ten years, most of them have been bought. Like Washington, like all the all the old media that people see, like everything, like the whole like hundreds of them, they are basically owned by like seven people. Wow. Yes, they're basically yes, owned by like seven that. people. Like so they're basically they basically write opinions that and most of like the New York Times post they, they come out and say that most of their stories they send it to the US government for approval. To tweet wow. like okay, yes, this this okay, yes, so this this goes in line with US propaganda, this goes in line and then they move on. I think most I think the best way to get stories that are not centered in capitalism you can is the ones that are funded by public donations, um, and of course they are not their report. Their report is not good to be as light because the funding is not that much. And most most times, I think you can always check like the reporters then research those like the sources of the stories. Research them. Like you can see a New York Times article and I say, oh, yes, crime is on the rise. Most of, meanwhile, most of the sources are police officers and they're lying. <laughs> or you can say um, we need to, uh, we need to go to war with China. You can see the source is uh, Lockheed Martin, one military weapon making company. want to make money. That, that's basically how they do it. And and again, it is obviously a problem of capitalism because once capitalism is not just economic, at some point it becomes cultural too. So they could take everything, the movies, um, media, everything, sports. Like you can see with football, Super League. Um, they said they also bring back Super League again. The game that you can tell that's the pro- that's mean, part of the things. The way capitalism is built for those that don't know, as soon as COVID outbreak happened in China in 2019, they were United States senators who immediately, as soon as we saw, as soon as we got to January 2020, immediately started to make moves. Politicians started to make moves into pharmaceutical companies, different companies, with their own game in mind. That, okay, you know what? We'll probably not shout too much. This stuff will spread. They would be in line to make money from shares and stuff like that. So when you talk about the US not giving some people vaccines for free and what have you, some people are strategic. They put themselves in this position to be like, yeah, as soon as this COVID outbreak happens, where it's the way they expect it to happen, money everywhere. So for those that are wondering, like capitalism doesn't look like the answer at all in any way or form. Um, quickly, yeah, and I think, uh, go on. Go on. Go on. So what do you want to say? I think for people that are listening, I'll be like, okay, it's can't just reform capitalism. The problem is not that. The problem is not the people. It's the system itself. Like, you can say capitalism brings out competition. The essence of competition is for one person to win and one person to lose. So over the years, if one person loses, they will be it will become a monopoly. If Okay, let's say I have, I have a company. Bollis has a company. We are doing the same thing. But at some point over the next next five years, Bolly keep making more profit. I'll go out of business and Bolly should buy that company. And Bolly should buy my company. That's if, that's how monopolies come. So it is not that okay, this one person that, is, is that the system. That's basically that's it. And and you see how uh, governments will do lobbies, say, Oh yes, uh, we with uh, barriers close borders, all right. Yeah, later than go to the right, so his profit will go up. And with this cement and Lafarge. What Lafarge and um Benue Cements, even Benue Cements, Google Cement doesn't even exist anymore. Don't go to both of the company and stuff like that. So the way it is, it's, it's just crazy. Um, I'm sure we had this debate last year when the old Super League drama came up, blah, blah, blah. And I remember saying vividly that this idea would have made sense, would have worked if one, you had made UEFA and FIFA the enemy. And this, I and if you had made it an open, like a more open 
tournament where by nobody's guaranteed. Like you don't see in a way, just a top six from every major league in Europe. Madrid and Barcelona, but Juventus will always finish in top six unless there's anybody that capsizes. They will always finish in top six and they will be in the Super League. But they decided, okay, you know what? Self of us with the run now on the low, blah blah blah. We invited other people to come and play. Now abolish the reports are coming out are like, okay, you know what? Perez is saying it's not closed anymore. It's open. We can qualify that people too can qualify for us, Guinea competing and every other thing. Is it is it an issue of medicine after death? Or can they find a way to make it work? Because one thing I know for certain is that JP Morgan will not pay anybody in billions if those Premier League clubs do not take part in Super League. Problemo el capitalism. <laughs> when that kind of money is on the hand, is on the table, you will find a way to do something. You will bend, you will wiggle. What did you start? I mean, it's wiggle, funny, wasting time. That's what is happening now. So, they, they, I'm, I, and I, there's, a, there's a part of my brain as a, in the back of my head that has one feeling like that initial, uh, what's it called? That yeah. initial announcement, that initial format was a way to get extreme outrage and get it, you know, you know, you know, when you want to do over, over call uh, six bedroom apartment for you. Oh, wow, one, ah, one bedroom over call. What will reaction one? Your mind initially, your mind is to build six bedroom apartments. Oh, the way, ah, mm-hmm. I want to build one bedroom. And people when I come, I say, six bedroom over call. You know that even if the six is not enough on a normal day, maybe they mm-hmm. initially wanted ten. But mm-hmm. because you first told them, ah, it's one, I want, I want to build one. Mm-hmm. So by the time you tell them, oh, Moshe, now six, in the back of their mind, they're like, ah, because so I think the initial announcement, the outrageousness of the whole initial announcement was a way to get the um the fire noise that ah, but but, 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 but sorry, let me let me hold you there. I feel like okay. I agree with you to an extent, but I feel like Perez. Um, what's his name in Juventus? The, the Juventus Agnelli family and cool. They tried it on purpose to see if it, if people had agreed to that initial plan, they would have gone with it. Ah, uh, no, you need to understand something though. The fact that you said you had the mind to build six bedroom, if they mm. if you announce one and they accepted one, you would build you only one. To- oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think you need to get the full if <laughs> in the initial plan you wanted to build six, you now told them ah. You want to build one. If mistakenly you not say, eh, man, it's okay. Ah, you build one and keep the money. That one is that is the part. But the fact that the outrage was there, that's ah, okay. See. So that one, yeah, let's not mistake it. If for some reason, to for some reason they're able to get support and you know they have to go ahead with it. Oh, don't don't be surprised. Don't even think about it for a second. They will have gone ahead to do it. So I think, but still, I think initially they still had that um, at the back of their mind that. This would probably not have worked. They probably had a better arrangement or a better uh, like uh, because the money is too good for them to just um, for them to just come out without plan A, plan B because that kind of money is something that you have to do something like you have to plan for. So I I, I have a feeling that they had that in the works. They were just you know 
um, you know, seeing what they can do and what not, how to trigger the um, noise. Fine, I don't even still think because I think people are there's still this um, historical and like some sort of cultural reference to UEFA and the UEFA competitions. So the UEFA is going to bring conference league, you know, to include more people to their. <laughs> Conference that Tottenham will not qualify from, but at the end of the day, I feel like the, I don't know if I don't think it's the plan, the Europa Super League plan. I don't think it will ever come to fruition. I think it's just they probably have to integrate with UEFA kind of thing. So, I think that's what I'm utterly suspecting might happen. Like, I think that's what my theory, my theory is because this evening as well, we saw a report that it has been confirmed the old 16 Champions League of 2024. And uh-huh. To an extent, last the Super League, the way Super League um process of last April, it felt like it was the more extreme position. So suddenly people people could people were suddenly settling for the stupid Champions League that system nonsense. And uh, Boris mentioned the JP Morgan money. Um Grassroom is no longer going to be a sponsor of UEFA. Let's not be uh-huh. surprised when we when we see that next season you know, is uh, officially brought to you by JP Morgan, the Champions League, because and it goes, that money is that money is going to go somewhere. As it's definitely it's almost certain that that money is going somewhere. Because there's no way there's no way you come out and bring that money. Because you know that if we are going to recoup that money back, and it's definitely going to go somewhere. Because the way I see it is that I, I agree in the sense that it, it can only work with UEFA. Because those Premier League clubs that initially jumped the gun and announced it, they suddenly apologized to their fans, paid the fine and everything. If you wake up tomorrow morning and say, eh, all the fine that we paid, the apology that we made, we are still going to go and do the Super League. You, suddenly, you are going to create chaos again. Your fan base has to turn against you again after all the promises that you have made. But if Perez calls um, Chef Henry, because let's not deceive ourselves, these administrators are as corrupt as it gets. For once, I agree with Guy Neville, in my, like, FIFA is the most corrupt person organization you can find in NBA. Like when it comes to sports, there's no common organization than FIFA. Like as they it's are so, as corrupt as, as it gets. As they investigated themselves and they said they were clean. They were clean. Like <laughs> they are that corrupt. So if you go to them, like if um, parents calls Jeffrey and calls Infantino and says, Ah, JP Morgan is bringing billions of dollars. We can run it this way, mix it up, turn it in, blah blah blah. Everybody collects their own share. One way or the other, it will become UEFA Super League. And they are running it together. And yeah, and, uh, uh, yeah exactly. And also, you can't um, do the European Super League without the big teams in Germany. And we've, as we've seen Obviously. from last year, as in those German teams, they're no bond you wear. You cannot come out and say, I want to go and join Super League. Your fans will murder you. Yeah, because those, the fans control the, the 50 fans, plus one rule. You will just leave. They will move out. Yeah. So, and it's easier for like, so, like Bayern, Dortmund. It's just, okay, yes. But here we are in the Champions League. It's just like that six teams and more money. Move on. It's UEFA that is sanctioned down. No problem. I swear, it's just crazy. Like it just seems like capitalism rules the world, whether we like it or not. Um, away from that, down to the NBA. Um, uh, Bolish, when the James Harden trade happened, initially he said he had hamstring injury. Then he didn't play at the All Star weekend, and he showed up. But since he showed up with Joel Embiid, a lot of people have made comparisons. Oh, this is like the magic Karim Abdul-Jabbar combo that time in the eighties. Oh no, no, this is Shaq and Kobe two point two. Blah blah blah, and everything. Yes, it has been very good. Like the combination that pick and roll has worked well. Is this the case of okay, the Sixers actually have a shot at winning the East and winning the title? Well, it will it will be it will be a never say never kind of saying to say they don't have a shot. Yes, they have a shot, 
But to be honest, I'm not exactly thrilled about their shots. Now, there are two reasons why I'm not very thrilled about their shots. Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers. The first reason is that by getting rid of Ted Curry, getting rid of um, Andre Drummond, you know, mm-hmm. the bench is, t- is thin. I was looking at people that came in for them yesterday, looking at people that came in from their bench. Their bench is thin. So that means, come yes, the playoff rotation shrinks. I understand. Mm-hmm. But still, there's something to, which we said about having a Andre Drummond that can come and bang his body in the post and, you know, catch 10 rebounds and play like 15 minutes, giving Joel Embiid some rest and stuff like that. But when you have to play Joel Embiid for 40 minutes in the playoff, you know, Except we want to deceive ourselves, we know he has a history of injuries. Injury, yeah, Nick Nagy, he has been you know, free, he has been fresh. Let's see if, if something can you know, pull off him up at the end of the season, but still, he has a history of injuries. And then, you are going to be playing him extremely large minutes. That's number one. Then number, then number two, adding is not surprising, it's not new, it's not shocking that Adin is fitting well or playing extremely well in the regular season. That has never been the problem with James Adin. The problem with James Adin is that by the time Philly now gets to one game six against Milwaukee Bucks, that they need James Adin to come up with that same 29-9-9, and nine. James Adin will go 2-14 for 14 from the field and he will shrink, and will have seven turnovers, and then he will barely have three assists. That is the problem with James Harden. So until, as a point in time comes, when I watch a playoff series where it was time to close the deal, it was time to step up. You know, sometimes you can even step up in the game. It doesn't have to be close time. Like, just throughout the whole course of the game, ah, they know that you are not a neg- negative, you are at least a net positive. Even if you are in this level of the fourth quarter. Until I get to the time when I see that for James Harden, then I'm still, my head is still on the swivel. And I've seen it from, I've seen it from Milwaukee. Milwaukee already have chemistry. Milwaukee have Yanis, Middleton, and Drew Holiday. They have Bobby, Bobby Portis that's playing as if, you know, or something like that. They have the shooters around them with the uh, Grayson Allen and the, uh, what's the this guy? I don't know if uh, this guy, Connington, I don't know if he's back. So they have their core, they have the way they play, they know what they need to do when, when they play. Like they are not trying to learn anything, they are not trying, they already know what works for them. And they have like the kind of squad that can go out and get it done. So if you if you ask me, they will still they are still my um favorites to get out of the east, especially if Ben Simmons does not come back early enough and then Kyrie cannot play both like home and away. So uh, uh, Sixers who they will entertain, you know, the beard and you know, and be they have funny characters, they'll give us lovely regular season games, they'll beat up people in the regular season. But when everything shrinks, for example, let me get on that reason. You are getting 47 free throw attempts as a team, and it's one of the things that usually affects James Harden in the playoffs. You get those tic tac calls, calls that other uh, LeBron James, Steph Curry, they don't get. Mm-hmm. We now get to the playoff and where the refs, you know, they tighten up and then they, they treat everybody equally. And then all those nibbling calls that you get, you don't get it, then it starts frustrating. I saw Embiid, you know, reacting to one call. And when you get to the playoff series, 
the, 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 the teams defending you already knew that all those free calls that you're getting red glasses that you're going to the free throw line 27 times, you are not going oh. to get that. And yeah. they know that once they call you and you don't get one or two calls, they can get it to your head. You're already losing your focus mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Those are the things you know, to, to, to worry about. Then finally, Doc Rivers is the one that has lost the most few one leads. <laughs> I don't have to be a coach in the history of the NBA. It's just it's a trash list. That was also there. He has only one championship. There are other people who have more than one championship that have done better that should be on that list. I don't know. Is that maybe because he was one of the people that spoke when Donald Sterling did that rubbish? Maybe they give mm-hmm. him for material purposes or something like that. Or maybe because <laughs> yeah, he he knows how to speak good English because I don't know why Doc Rivers was on that top greatest coach of all time. <laughs> anyway, let's just polish. Chuck Daly was not on that list, though. Was he there? Obviously. No. Chuck who? Chuck Daly. Yeah. I think he was on the list. Chuck Daly was on the list. Let me confirm. You can confirm the list. But um, let me just stick with you here, Bolish. You mentioned Ben Simmons earlier. I understand when he said that he didn't want to play Philly with psychological problem. Like, we don't, on this show, we're talking about mental health so many times. We don't take mental illness for granted at all. Like he said, he was going through mental health issues and stuff. Yeah, it, it wasn't a physical injury. Now you get traded to Brooklyn, you're excited to go there. Like, I mean, what is it that? Because now there are people that are saying that he's not injured. He's not, nothing is wrong with him. One is that he hasn't practiced properly since all the days he was seated. Or he's trying to dock the game against Philly on March 11th. Because if he plays now and doesn't play that game in, in Philly for the Brooklyn Nets, people would say that, okay, he's actually very weak mentally. Which do you think it is bullish? So, to be honest, I think, as, I think yes, initially, it was just a case of, I want to leave Philly. But mm-hmm. I think along the way, with all those, um, all the conversation that came with it, I think it probably developed some sort of, um, you know, as much as we all want to claim when depression comes, no one really knows the way it comes, how it affects you. I'm one of the few people that I didn't believe before, but I think I, I kind of see, I, I, I had a discussion with someone and I kind of see a possibility for actually it being the reason, like one of the reasons why he could not even come back. Now, probably that if he was in a place that he wanted to be in the, in the first place, he probably would have you know, been able to walk through his mental problem with the team and get back on the court. But I think it's just a case of, oh, I didn't want to play before. Then you know they, everyone was piling up on him. You know, he, you know the they're like he's fucking up the money for the future generation. Like it's possible to now get to that spot where tru- tru- truly you are now affected mentally. Now, I feel like he's fit and doesn't want to play the game against Philly. And a lot of people are saying, ah, if you play now and you don't play against Philly, Philly fans know that oh they have one on you, one on you, and then when you play in the playoffs, they'll pile up on you. But if it's so now with my assertion that he probably has some mental things he's dealing with, maybe not from the beginning, maybe it's something that you know came in in the middle. It's, I think it is wise for both the Nets and even the Benzimons camp to just avoid the whole Philly stuff. If it comes uh-huh. in the future, comes you know, they meet in the playoff, no problem, let them you know sort it out there. But I think it will be unwise for them, you know, to come in, play two games, and then subject him to that kind of environment. You know, give him that opportunity to come in, you know, have like those 10, 12 games where he's just playing ball 
acclimatizing the team, getting better, getting improved, getting Laurent under his legs. So I feel like the back the back injury na na that one. I think that one has come. Speaking about scams, I mean, like scammers. Because initially, when the Lakers were building, the, like when they were building this roster, everyone talked about his championship or both. Even Camelo Anthony was like, when LeBron called him, he knew that, okay, this is his chance to win a championship, blah, 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 like all this talk and what have you. Now, it doesn't even look like they might make the playoffs. I not even they play in playoffs. <laughs> and their form is so terrible. Like, I think they've lost 10 of the last 18. Wow. Like, uh, like, how do you factor that in? And f- frankly, I don't. Uh, we said it at the start. And the crazy thing that what we said at the, at the start of the season was that do they have the energy for the playoffs? Now, it's not that not only do they not, do they not have the energy for the playoffs, they don't have the cohesion for you know, for a regular season. Because the whole um, trio of whenever the trio of Davis. LeBron and Westbrook on the pitch. Oh. There's always a negative. And the stats is a negative. Like, that's what they're averaging at this point. And for people um, earlier in the season, I think Bollis has also said, and I agree, uh, Westbrook is a showman player. He's not a championship winning player. Oh. And frankly, we've seen it with what he's, with what he's done. It's, and it's collected for $7 million. Like, it, 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 it's a scam. It's not even it's a scam. So, and they are complaining that fans are booing them. And, then, <laughs> and even and LeBron was like, uh, "Don't worry, I'm still here standing. You are, uh, uh, you are standing, but nobody is standing with you. That's the problem. Um, Westbrook is not standing with you. He's going to collect his money and scam. He's, I bet they are running Yahoo in that team. He's also starting. Like, he's not even... the, pro- the problem was the problem was Lakers. You know, Rob Palinka should not, if truly he wanted to do other things, but LeBron wanted the Westbrook. He shouldn't have listened to. He should have found a way to actually because it's also glaring for everyone to see that guy. Yes, now like both <laughs> amateur analyst, professional analyst. Every like we said, it, we said it on this podcast the night he happened. Would see that both Westbrook and LeBron was going to be difficult for it to work because LeBron is the decision maker. He needs the ball in his hand. Exactly. Westbrook likes to go one eighty miles per hour. You know, boom, 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 fast, fast, fast. <laughs> Doesn't know he's not very he's not the most calculated. He now subject him to a three point shooter, someone that's that you know shot 24 percent from three it's last off. day. So Rob Palika should have probably have a more stern conversation and you know maybe told him, Baba, I think instead of getting also, I think who they should have gone for maybe Kylari, you know. That's okay. They have gone for the Rosen said that he expected to have conversation with the Lakers. Like they could have cleared those, cleared those players, cleared that cast. And they would have been. Even, and another thing, another thing that is evident in their problem is that a lot of guys that were the also players, you know, mm-hmm, you know, that's one thing. That's one thing uh, people that watch LeBron don't understand. LeBron needs also players and three point players, regardless of whatever team he's playing on, and he has always had that that kind of makeup in everything he has gone to. Even in the Cavs, you know the Manchon the J.R. Smith, they are the ones that would do the also plays. And in Lakers, in, in Lakers, he had Kuzman, he had uh, Cadwell Caruso. Caruso. Those were the also players. And Caruso wanted to come back. But I don't know, maybe mm-hmm. uh, Palinka smoke or sugar weed. Because Caruso... <laughs> that's... 
where I Shola has already urinated in the farm. That's what can... Because of all the things you should be keeping, Caruso is one of the guys that, even now that he's not available for Chicago, they are feeling his effect in defense. Massive. And that's all that from it. Like, they can't even defend anybody. They are, they are just so porous. And they lack... They can't give effort. The effort aspect, obviously, we knew they were no good. Because, you know, I said that it would be difficult for them to give effort when you are, you know, 38, 35, 34-year-old men. Depending on, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I, I don't pity at all is baseball. Baseball that we offer two years and we offered more money. He said he was going to the Lakers to win championship. Okay, win championship. Okay. Now he doesn't even play up to two minutes in the in, in game. So they should enjoy themselves. They should keep enjoying <laughs> Anyway, um, Kulip, Marcelo Bielsa, the people that will tell you that Marcelo Bielsa's legacy in Leeds United is overrated. Like, it's very overrated. And yes, he got he gained promotion for Leeds after 16 years or thereabouts that they've been trying to gain promotion. And yeah, so what? He got nominated for far coach of the year because he gained promotion. Like, so what? His Leeds team are horrible. They concede too many goals. Yes, they finish um, ninth in his first season, but this is the second season. They've been horrible. Because it's time to feel like a case of being unfair. Because now... They have this injury issues whereby there's no Patrick Bamford, but pa- pa- Daniel James is playing as a striker, a player that should never be playing in the first place. He's playing as a striker. Then, <laughs> then you have some players in defense patching it up. Defensively, they've always been porous. Then you don't have Calvin Phillips as well in, in front of that back four and everything. Is it a case of, okay, thank you so much, Marcelo Biasa, you did what you could have done. It's probably, it probably shouldn't be a legend, or is Biasa being treated unfairly? I think for those who say, um, Bielsa's tenure at um, impact at least is over. I think I don't think I'm sorry to say this because you are actually mad because it's not um, up for debate because that is it's basically nonsense. It's like saying, um, like this, there was this that said that questioning Bielsa's impact is like saying Christianity has no impact in society. Because when he came over to that list, you were absolutely terrible. But, even up to now, they see they see have mid-table players. Okay, because okay, you can say Rafinha and Rodrigo they are very good players. The team is substandard, and it took them from 16th to third in the first season championship. And the style of play was was just incredible. I think the problem with Bielsa's football is that it doesn't last. We've seen it at, at this probably the longest he's been at any club. Yeah. We've seen it at Marseille, at Bilbao, even Bilbao, in Argentina. Yeah. Like like elite, it was basically like a few in Leeds, it was a, like a few months. And another problem is that defensively they are always they always man mark. They don't mark the zones, they don't mark systems. And if you are man marking, if you are man marking an opponent and they have better players than you, they will lose your markers. It's not it's not hard. Like that's why that's why that's why they, in games they concede six, they concede seven because they're physically they're basically facing um better players and better does not adapt. It is my system or my system. There's no there's nothing else you can do. And as we've seen from least fast over the from since the sacking was confirmed, I can tell that yes, his impact is incredible, not just on the pitch, off the pitch. Like he was calling people's during time of COVID, during when when COVID was still like the highest point, he was calling people's parents like they were the last people who spoke before they died. I can tell, okay, oh. this, is, this is the impact of this coach. I mean, like, over, over 9,000 have sent messages to him already, like, oh, this is... And obviously, the, the worry now is that his age, is there, any, is there really any other club where he's willing to go to to, be, 
do this again because it looks like someone who gets exhausted when he does this. And frankly, if he joins any other mid table club, they would definitely improve massively if he's into it because it's not, it's not a two way thing at all. Um, just before we call it quit on the NFL front, Bolish, it seems like everybody wants a quarterback and there's not enough quarterback in this draft class. Is it a case of okay, when the draft shows up, if you can't get a quarterback, draft another player, draft the best player available, go off MHL to be a free agent or play like James Winston, find somebody and patch it up until next year, or just take a risk on that rookie quarterback and see what happens. But the truth is, even after drafting rookie quarterbacks in the first round, second round, we've seen that people are even unwilling to play them. So why why then you do you want to now waste your first round or your early draft picks. Just pick the best players that, you know, it's easier for a wide receiver to come in and impact your game. It's easier for a cornerback, you know. You, you, you can you can easily get value immediately. You can have the confidence to play them because that the whole offense is not centered around them. They are not the whole... Um, they are not the whole being of the opposition's defense and stuff like that. So, everyone knows that. Getting a quarterback, you know, a rookie quarterback and playing the rookie quarterback, very few in history. Even the best of the best had to stay one year before they can now got the opportunity. So, if there's someone else, in, especially for some teams that really do not need quarterbacks, you know, if there's someone else that you can, that, you know, that will do well, that would help your team, why not? Why not do for him? Then I, I, I there's one bold prediction. I feel Tom Brady might be coming back. Yeah, but it depends on where he's coming back to. Because he, as the way it is, the Buccaneers can determine his fate a lot. Who knows? I feel like if he pops up to the 49ers, it's going to be interesting. Because they have a very good team. They're just a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl, in my opinion. But all the best trying to come back and convincing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to let you play for another team. Um, I'm afraid that's all we can take for tonight. Thank you so much, guys, for being here. Kuli, thank you for your insight on the Ukraine-Russian crisis. Bullish, Nibili is probably happy to go to PSG or Newcastle to collect money that will drive him crazy. So please, so please, so I need I need to say something because before we go today, and I'll I'll be doing a disservice, even in the gloom and gloom in the world, if I don't if I fail to mention the beautiful job that you know Javi Hernandez is doing at Barcelona <laughs> because. When when we say Koman is at Olori Buruku, race to power four, <laughs> we know what we're saying. Because some people want to make us feel like, oh. But I need about Bameyang now. Another man Traore. The only one to make us feel that is because of uh, the signings we made in that, the Obemayang, the Adama Traore, and the. And forgetting that Obemayang was literally on the bench, and one particular coach was saying he's not really contributing to our attack. And he has not scored in the last two games, blah, blah, blah. And Adam Atari had literally had two assists in the last two in seasons. In 19 games. <laughs> and Ferran, Ferran Torres was basically on the bench of Man City. What people, and what, when people want to discredit someone, they keep saying his money, his player, his money, his player, which is what <laughs> they were Now, I was telling someone that even though we're not winning, immediately okay. Javi came after the first, second, third, fourth game. Our fitness level was different. Like you could see that our players were chasing after it, we were improving, we were creating chances. We just didn't have people to finish up those chances. We were creating a lot of chances. Like in a game, we create like six chances, no one to convert them because we literally had just Luke the Jung and Memphis up front. And you could see how Javi wanted the team to set up. 
the inverted, you know, wing, uh, wing backs. Sometimes those wing backs they come back and play for four, 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 three, three. Sometimes um, Busquets drops in. Sometimes um, the jong is the one that drops in. You could see that. Okay, this is how this team wants to play. Yes, they twist it, they change from time, but you could see the blueprint of what we could not see it on that command at all. Like, yeah, and I feel like that's the that's the funniest part because uh, I watched um, Barca Atletico and I tell the way Xavi was using the young and interchanging with not just interchanging with Alba, it was also combining with Alba, Gavi, and Ferran Torres. And um, we, we remember when last thing Kuma was like, oh, These players are not really good enough, they're not really working for me. Can you come pick up? I'm happy to have And the funniest thing is that and uh, this week when Xavi is doing his ends. Uh, Kuma was like, now, now, you have changed the story from these players are not good enough to the players are not responding to me. Like, this, <laughs> what they did, what they did to me was, was unfair. Like, okay, pick his side now. Please, I'm happy that he's gone. If you, Alora Mirami, you should not come back again. If you go, maybe Asta can sign him next after the push. You have not stayed. You have not stayed in those national team. It was so good. It was Please, such a good job. If you continue there, I'll be they will collect it back because they don't really are they're not really doing that well. No, they have Vanguard. Vanguard and Vanguard is doing well. So they'll they'll pursue Vanguard. Vanguard so. trouble, they'll pursue him now. But the truth is, if people doubted that Javi could have any impact, and the fact that I can see how Javi's team is performing now, I already even know the coach that Barcelona is going to get in five or ten years' time when when Javi, because I think Javi is going to stay longer in the team. Even like I think he is probably going to stay longer than Pep stayed in the team, and uh, I already know that we are going to replace him with Sergio Busquets because I can see the cerebral abilities I know, and it, it looks like everybody's rejuvenated. This is so I'm, I'm taking my cast to tell you all that this guy Obaska, Viva La Catalunya. The, the another another plus to what boys that said another plus to what is happening right now is that it seems like more free agents are interested in going to Barcelona now compared to about a few months ago. You have rumors that Frank Kessie, Andreas Christensen, see beautiful challenge. Ah ah, wow wow wow, what is going on? Ah ah, three goals per game. Emil Moro, what Ballon d'Or? You see, if Ballon should come now, if you score like maybe forty goals for Barcelona, forty five goals, Ballon d'Or is sure. But if he scored at 45 goals, if he scored at 45 goals in Dortmund, oh, God, I was like, ah, he tried. He, oh, he tried. He tried. He tried. Capitalism. If he comes to Barcelona, oh, my word. Oh, my word. Oh, my You just hear France, eh, eh, Ballon d'Or, France, Tona, the contender, long, long, ah, uh, all these records. He has been pushing at the door for very footelet. Because he push at the door. Even Mbappe gone. This season that Mbappe had this season. Even last season. If Mbappe had this season, having this season, he had the last season in Madrid. He show me there he go they top. Yeah, So now those kind of things is Laputa go they tell Haaland and his agent go. They go wait there in Chile. Don't go there in Chile again. Come to where you collect your Ballon d'Or. But see, I can promise you, out of the next three years, we'll be two new. Because I'm a few chances I'll be by here. So that's that's mm-hmm. that's oh god before police should kill us with this Barcelona drama. <laughs> it's it's time for us to call it a week <laughs> until next week, guys. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> cheers, everyone. <laughs>